space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim. With me, of course, Sir Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And Dr. Squee. You're going to have to put up with no varnish. It's too hot for the fucking dragon mask. I'm sorry. I just uh, do not do, add any Do you mean to... that you've kept your human skin on? And yes, not... yes. Sorry, sorry. Mm -hmm. Sorry, the heat's got to me. It's so hot I couldn't remove my uh, human mask mm -hmm. to reveal the dragon within. It sometimes, due to camera trickery, looks like I'm removing a dragon mask, but you're right. It's, of course, my human skin removing to, to uh, show my dragon gloriousness. Glad Thank we've got that sorted out. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I don't want people to get the wrong impression. Well, I could seem insane. Not. So we're back this week for the last time uh, for the foreseeable future to talk about the Dominion War. And I think we succeeded in our goal, which was to crack on with the Dominion War and actually make a bit of a dent in it. Now, uh, you're going to have to... You're going to have to... Re you're going to have to really convince me why this first episode is part of the Dominion War. Because it's got Alexander in it and he's the most pivotal <laughs> character in the Dominion War. It's just kind of an epilogue, isn't it? It's, uh, it's it meant like to be a fun interlude. It's not fun. Spoilers. Um, but that I feel like it's meant to be a nice little epilogue to... The... Yeah, I mean, they do, throughout the episode, like the first five minutes is just them repeatedly saying, we're back on the station. Isn't it great to be back on the station? Yeah, After yeah. that war, it's great to be back on the station. I mean, like they, the, the amount of reference back references for the last six episodes, I think, make it count. Apart from that, it is a bit dicey. And also, you know what? We don't need to watch this one again for a few years now. Now that we've... The thing is, there's some really nice stuff in there, but there's so many fucking cliches. Like the whole, like the uh, Martok's wife being the de facto mother-in-law character, which is just played to death the grumpy mother-in-law. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact you've got like them having a bit of a Barney before, like just, just have something else crazy happening, which they can react to while they're trying to plan the wedding. It would have been so much more fun. As you've probably deduced, we're talking about the episode you are cordially, cordially invited from season six of Deep Space Nine, which, as Squee said, is the first way back on the station. So the, the formula of the show's been re-established after the retaking the station arc. And I think it's fair to say it's mixed results with this one. It's, I think, I think this is a very cheap episode. Mm -hmm. And I think this is when a cheap episode isn't as good as some of the others. Uh, it's, yeah. it hasn't got a B plot. Oh, if there is a B plot, you'll have to explain it to me because I've missed it. <laughs> I mean, it sort of even turns. Uh, well, I guess within the A plot, it's got two plots because it's got the the road to the Klingon marriage, whatever it's meant to be. Uh, it's got that as the kind of like the stag do is basically the B plot. Yeah. 
And I suppose Kira Nodo, Kira Nodo reconciling. Oh, that's just fucking bullshit. I'm definitely calling bullshit on this. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Just, that's fine. That they they go into a closet, which sounds like very cool. Fifteen minutes of heaven kind of territory. I only wish if they'd done that, I would have no problems. Cool. They went in there to talk. They ended up mm, that would have been fine. But the fact they go in there and like at the end of that, it's like brilliant. That's that plotline resolved. Why? Why? Why not? Just, yeah, just have that it's kind of it. It's almost like the writers going, "Yeah, we just want you to accept that they're okay with each other again." So we're going to pay it yeah. some lip service. We're not going to show you the reconciliation, and we're not going to dwell on it. Yeah, but they've done too much good work up to this point in creating this rift that it is just hard to swallow. That it's, it's a weak, all. It's a very weak payoff. I just want them to open up that um, that cupboard, wardrobe, whatever, and uh, then to be smoking some cigarettes. Of course, Odo's one, which kind of re kind of just gets longer again, and the ash just yeah, he does that hard. thing. Yeah, 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 uh, and that's it. Like, yeah, if you're going to do it, let's just at least do it. You know, at least it. But they, it's the worst of all worlds. They don't wrap it up as in they're together now. Which, like, after six seasons, I'm ready. I, I'm ready for them to we'll actually. Get they've done it to. Yeah, but the thing is, they've done it to death already, and we've got another fucking season to go of them not getting together, and them kind of uh, well, they won't they. And it's like it's the, the worst of all worlds because you don't you you sort of wrap up something in a very clumsy way, but you don't get them together at the end of it. Mm. Yeah, so it annoying. does feel like you know they talk about this sort of particularly in reference to TNG and Voyager, really, but like the reset button, you know, the the mythical sort of TV reset button where at the end of every episode you hit the reset button and everything's back to normal. And Kira and Odo feels like that. It's not. It's not given enough space in the story to feel like they they have arrived at this reconciliation and we're just expected to buy it and the reset button's pressed off screen while they're in this cupboard. But and also, what what's what's he going to have said, which makes up for him basically leaving them for people to die? Uh, like, what's he going to have said in that time? He will I, have said, "I am really, really sorry, really well, sorry." And there's really, one of two really. ways. That, a lot. There's one of two ways she can go with with this. Like, so either she can get deeply offended that he's basically not cared about anyone else, but turn back to their side just because he wants to get with her, or either she's deeply offended by it or she kind of accepts it. And if she accepts it, it's kind of selling out the character as well because Kira isn't the type to just go, oh, swoon. You know, it just, there's, there's no way of doing I don't think thing. it's a swoony thing. I, I, I mean, no, if no, they don't do that. I'm if saying, we're going to sort of deal with it seriously, you know, if we're going to take this seriously, which I think is a bit more than the writers actually did, but I, yes. I think Odo will have somehow conveyed to Kira what it feels like to be in the link and why he's got such a strong connection and that's why it was so seductive for him uh, but ultimately he's decided not to pursue that because um, because of her but also because of his friends and his ties to the Alpha Quadrant and blah de blah and I think we're supposed to assume that all these conversations have taken place but yeah, it don't even work. if we heard all of that, it wouldn't convince me because, like, she already knew that. 
he already knew that. There is no new information happening here that's going to change either of their minds. I, um, anyway. Well, it did, because the best friend's at the end and you need to live with it and move they on. They are best friends. You see, and we've spent, uh, we'll say, about five minutes talking about this. That's five minutes longer than the writers did. Yes, so going, very true. In the cupboard, happy friends! And you know why they've got it? Because this episode is just an absolute hoot and a half. And that's why we can't have a serious moment. And Facebook user says, The Kira Odo storyline was the only reason I watched DS9 the first time around. It was too on and off. Yeah. It's the only reason why you watched it, but it was too... Oh, so you watched it because you liked it, but it was too on and off? But it was too on and off to... Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's... Bush 1G is also put, Aye, what's up, G? What's up, Bush Bush 1G? Unless yeah. you're George Bush, in which case, go away. Um, yeah. yeah, so, yeah, what were we saying? So, yeah, on and off it is, but th- that's partially, I feel, a holdover of the fact that DS9 was trying to do more serialised storytelling, but wasn't always allowed to. So you're allowed to have an episode every now and again that deals head-on with Kira Renodo's feelings, like the one we got, Heart of Stone, um, or uh, Children of Time, something like that. But then because it does, when it's not doing deep Dominion War arcs, it, it does have to be more episodic, so you can't have the characters talking about it the week after. I mean, DS9... At this stage, he's, he's pushing those boundaries now and he's getting away with a little bit more and more. And so we do get a more serialised love story. But yeah, if you were watching it as a Odo and Kira shipper, then yeah, you'd be pretty disappointed. You're, up until yeah. season six, you're probably going to get two or three episodes. <laughs> and if you're not watching it as a non-shipper, you're going to be irritated because it just fucking swings up. Like, if you're watching it as a neutral, anyone's going to get irritated by it. I'm sorry, just... It is the classic will they, won't they, which gets pulled for too long. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about it when we get to them getting together, but I'm never thoroughly convinced from Kira's side, to be fair. But I mean, all fairness, like with any of these kind of romance stories, it's a kind of a poison chalice because either you get them together and if you do it too early, then you've either got to continue playing out their relationships once they're together or just kind of like leave it as just a thing that's there which i think probably the latter is probably the best you can do is just just have them in a relationship just as a aside don't don't, you don't Mm. have to go into it full time but then you lose that as a plot driver which it always was or you wait until the last minute and then you're stringing out too long to get there it's it's difficult yeah even the good ones struggle with it though the like squee i know you're a big big cheers fan uh first thing i thought like let let's be honest Sam and Diane, you, I got fed up with it after well, that's after why, a while. That's wow. why I think Cheers got away with it is because halfway through they changed to, yeah. to uh, Rebecca, and they didn't ever make them a couple. No, they, they sort of did well, a weird a bit, thing with but, it, yeah, and it was all yeah, we're going to have a baby together. Oh no, we're not. Yeah, it was weird. Like it was these, weird, and the baby thing went nowhere. That but just, yeah, I like that. the fact they never really—you never really felt quite after after the first series or two. You never really felt they were going to get together. It was kind of no. clear that they were going to stay in the friend zone somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But friends who occasionally hook up, which I was fine with. And in fact, that hadn't really been done. The friends who hooked up on TV at that stage that I can think of. Yeah, it's like uh, Jim uh, O'Neill and Sam in SG One. 
they had the wood the wooden they all the way through and that was never paid off but one of the better ones for it i think because they they played it very rarely and it wasn't a ever-present thing whereas with kieran odo most yeah. episodes there's some allusion to it even if it's not a mainstream yeah line. yeah so before we get to kieran odo um <laughs> we get the actual <laughs> plot which is oh, it's all about the wedding so cisco meets up with that uh, with martok and they're talking about alexander and martok's going he is a fine boy it's like really <laughs> yeah we we saw you with him a couple of weeks ago, and you did not seem to be a fan. Um, but maybe he's proved himself in glorious battles since we last saw him. Who knows? I mean, they seem to be doing a lot of sh- using a lot of shoe leather to get us invested in Alex, which we'll never see again. No, well, like this got- is it. This is, this is yeah. For for anyone listening, watching, this is the last time Alexander will feature. In the timeline of Star Trek, we may go back and do the Alexander episodes another time. Why would we do that to ourselves? Because there's some good Worf ones in. Yeah, and the time loop episode. Good point. Yeah, Facebook user Sam and Jack in SG did get together in the loop episode. Oh, come on. Yes, they did. Mobius. But that that was Jack who did that, because he knew that it didn't matter, and that... If you've forgotten oh. about it, okay. This is on me. It's one. been out a long time. I've never seen SG1, but maybe can we go a little bit spoiler like? I might get around to it at some point. I look, I, yeah, I don't think that gives away so that's in a I think the loop episode's really good from what I've heard. There's loads of shagging in it. Yeah, I was actually thinking if there's another episode where it's not a time loop, but there is a it's an episode, a two part called Mobius where also something happens but it's again it's an a yeah. cancelled timeline basically yeah it, it's taken the voyage you approach to time hmm. yeah yeah you you <laughs> want to do something which you don't want to do in the main plot <laughs> yeah yeah and so Worf and dax decide to get married at quarks and dax's justification of this i really enjoy because she says well alexander's been reassigned and it may be a long time before you see him again. Yeah, never. never. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it you won't even mention him in Picard. Again, world's greatest. Never, ever, ever. <laughs> won't even pay one reference to him ever again. <laughs> I don't think they, I don't think he ever mentions it nope. after this. The, the, this is it. I also think, yeah, I can... If anyone can think of any reference to Alexander... Yeah. After this episode, let us know because we and, can't think it in any show. And you know what I was going to say? We'll be interested to hear from the books, but they don't count in what we're well, saying. Well, that's what I was going to say. But now that I think of it, I don't think there's been many Alexander books written. No. They've written a story about the bloke who's Kirk's defence lawyer in Court Martial. Yeah, he's got a whole series of books to himself. Them two Department of Temporal Investigations, they've got a whole string of novels. Oh, I'd like Alexander, to nothing. Nothing. Not a thing. <laughs> Never mentioned. I mean, and, and I know I've said this before, but it's, it's still like, when I thought this, I can't get it out of my head. The fact that Picard was all about, that third series was all about legacies and about children, children and about yeah. their next Next gen- next generation, next not generation. one fucking mention of Alex. As soon as you think <laughs> yeah. that Alexander never gets mentioned, it's like, Wolf, you are the shittest dad ever. Yeah, like, no I thought you were bad, but with all the kids around, all the kind of talk of you might die here, you don't think it's like, yeah, I might just pay mention to him. You're never going to get a scene where 
Picard walks onto the bridge and Alexander's at the security station and Picard goes, it wouldn't be the Enterprise without a Rizhenko at the security station. <laughs> it's just never, ever, ever going to happen. What an idiot. Anyway, um, yeah, so Worf invites his closest male friends that happen to be regulars on this show to well, his bachelor party. It might be, be fair, to be fair, in O'Brien's case, this makes perfect sense because he did yeah. deliver his, yeah. first, his daughter, Molly. Yeah, it does. O'Brien, fine. Yeah, and who, who's worked with him longer than O'Brien? Yep. Like, consistently. Yeah. What about your brother, Kern? No, he's had his mind wiped and yeah. he's that off somewhere. Else. We'll, let, we'll let Kern go. Yeah. Anyone um, off the Enterprise, just anyone, anyone at all. Like, Frakes, yeah, Frakes will go into an episode of Star Trek at the drop of a hat, and you didn't think of calling him up. And I mean, Marina Sirs would come along if Frakes is there. The, the excuse is, well, the Enterprise is obviously doing something very important in the war, um, so that's why they can't turn up. But again, a little bit of lip service. You could have just had O'Brien say, you know, oh, I'm surprised the, the Enterprise lads yeah, or, you know something the enterprise people didn't make it and was so oh, they are on a mission in gamma hydra 11946 like, you, you do get you do get away with that because it's uh, done at very short notice yeah 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 but again yeah you're <coughs> right it's, it's a classic you just need a one-line or it'd be nice yeah. if we cut to a shot and we're on the enterprise e and riker's there and Troy comes in and she goes, oh, oh, um, Imzadi, the, we've got a, a letter through from, from Worf. He's getting married. Oh, Worf's getting married. Wonderful. Let me see the guest list. Well, there's Martok. Yeah, yeah. Cisco. Yeah, yeah. Alexander, we're not going. <laughs> or, or, or alternatively, Riker's going like, oh, great. Who's he marrying? Dax. Oh, oh, no. We, oh, we no. I, I can't. <laughs> but why? You don't want to know. You don't want to know. Let's say we're even over the whole you and him love affair. And then, yeah, and Deanna's like, who, you know, who, who, who's Judzia Dax? Like, oh, it used to be Curzon Dax. And Deanna's like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mike is also it's like, oh yeah, actually with him too. With yeah, him no, too. no, 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 no. <laughs> I I screwed a lot of Daxes, like the whole like I yeah, time yeah. traveled just to do the whole line. <laughs> right, right the way back to the one with webbed feet from Star Trek Six. Yeah, so um, <laughs> nice call, nice pull, pull back. See, I'm a geek, me, you know. I can I can I do these deep Star one. Trek yeah, pulls, yeah. you know. It's unbelievable. Um, anyway, Martok's wife arrives, and as you say, she is the stereotypical mother-in-law dialed up to 11 because she's a Klingon. Uh, yeah, I, I ain't got a right lot to, to... It is just cliched, and you've got Martok... I, I do... The, the scene is quite funny because you've got her coming in, thrown away around, mouthing off and everything, and Martok just like goes, Martok she is often. magnificent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's great. That is one of the great scenes in this. Yeah, isn't she magnificent? Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> and she's, and, just shot, she's just belittled him in front of everyone. Yeah, and then you do get this quite good scene with Worf and Martok where 
Worf's going, well, you know, why, why doesn't she like that? He's like, well, she doesn't like you either, Worf. And Worf's yeah. a little, it's almost embarrassed to say it to Worf, like... Oh, no, no, it was the fact that he goes, like, oh, he doesn't like you after... Uh, anyway, Worf. And it's like, it was my right to invite you into the house without asking her. So basically, Martox, you're the reason for all this bullshit. It's just because you pissed her off by not asking yeah. her first. She was all right with you, and then saw you brought Alexander into the family as well, and then... Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Oh, Anyway, and yeah, when they go to do the trials and everything, and again, this, if they weren't doing it in Sons and Daughters, which they were, but they're just not holding back on going, look how crap Alexander is now. He has just become this crappy comic relief. Like, he can't do anything like, he's the worst at everything they do all through this episode. He's knocking shit over in quarks. It... And and now he's become a Klingon warrior, and he is proudly saying in front of everyone, it's like, yeah, I can barely say my, my name in Klingon. It's like, you you shouldn't be saying that if you're a yeah. warrior now. You should not be boasting about that. You should, no. How is he on a Klingon ship and he's never learned Klingon? I know well, they've got the translators. Well, it's like, it's also there, though. He says, like, I'm useless, but the crew sees it as a good luck charm. The yeah. worst I am, the safer the thing. Yeah, because all the bad shit's happening to me. They've got him hanging it's by magic. the wing mirror. He's just like lucky dice. He just hangs there all day. Mm, Alexander. Um, <laughs> but it's just. Uh, he's rubbish. He is rubbish. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah, yeah. Dax, though, does give it all a good go. Like, she's holding them pots and stuff, and. You know, she. It's like pulling teeth talking about this one, isn't it? You I know mean, what? Can we just leave I've this? Got I notes have no idea it, when but... this Facebook user put this up, but can we just leave that at the bottom of the screen? The whole thing very disappointing. Very disappointing. I think it just covers the whole episode, doesn't it? It, it does. I found this. I found it really difficult to watch this a couple of times. Yeah. For tonight, it's been. It, it's funny because. The... There's a couple of like there's there's some bits in it which are quite fun and they, there's you could have made so much more out of this. It, yeah. It's really frustrating for the missed opportunity. Yeah. It should be so big and so fun to have a cling on wedding. Yeah, it should. I mean, yeah. And, and and Dax's outfit aside, there's not much fun to be had here. No, it's true. I, oh, I, I've got that, a bit. I've that, got a bit. A good bit is where Dax. Um, digs up some shit on the family and she's going, well, you say that's your 93rd paternal uh, maternal grandmother, but actually, I think you'll find uh, it's just a very nice sort of passive-aggressive dig as if to say, you better let me in the family because I found some shit here, so... And yeah. it's also perfectly Dax as well. Yeah. Like, Jadzia is the person who would research that and find that out. And, yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah, if, you, it's, if you want me to do the family tree, I will do the family tree. But be careful what you ask for. Yeah, and she puts it out there. She's like, I'll recite it the way you want me to, but you know that I know that... They, you know, yeah, I have, I, I have actually learnt this. Yeah, it's a nice little power struggle it, between like, them. It, like, the interesting part of this is that I can't even remember her name, uh, Martok's wife. Uh, Cyrilla. Mrs. Martok. Cyrilla. Oh, Cyrilla. Yeah. Cyrilla should be really impressed that Dax has actually gone to the effort of not just memorising a list, but she's actually gone to the effort of learning about her family. 
Yeah, but she don't well, want her uh, to well, actually learn about the well, family. Well, that's it. It's a double-edged yeah. sword. She wants Stax to know, memorise this list and know all the family, but she doesn't actually want her to know the family. Yeah, no, I, I think the best thing was... It, like, it's, that, it's that thing, be careful what you ask for. And it's a suggestion that basically Dax just saw this uh, disparity in years, and as opposed to doing <laughs> what everyone else would have done, just memorising the list of mm. dates and stuff, she's going, well, oh, that's a gap. I know, research, like, because yeah. I love the fact that she is the ultimate party girl, but she is a never anything but a great scientist great researcher she's great at her job it's like it's it's really nice because generally they do really well at painting uh her as a really well-rounded great mm. character yeah but then in this episode you form every male and female stereotype going you do <laughs> including the naki mother-in-law including women can't possibly get on they'll just bicker men on the other hand are going because they're great warriors and if they're not drinking they're doing great challenges and stuff and grr. and of course you've got uh julian and miles as the horn dogs of the universe suddenly like as soon as they hear uh stag do they go oh yeah like, and click on go and have a wank guys go and have a wank i'm but sorry yeah they're thinking like click on stag do they're thinking that it's going to be massive party yeah which you yeah. think it would be because Klingons yeah. basically they're their business meetings are like massive stag do's. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but having said that, in, in this country, there is a bit of a grey area between what constitutes a business meeting and what constitutes a party. So that, that was possibly not the best metaphor I could have used there. But, but you know what oh, I mean? It's the shoe leather you took on that, and it was all worthwhile, Jim. I'll be honest, didn't even pop him at my head till I halfway through talking. No, I, no, I thought the use of business meeting was very pointed. No, it wasn't. Even it wasn't. I was actually thinking of the thing they do at the start of season five in um, Apocalypse Rising, where it's that's basically a stag do, but it's actually to appoint it's people to a, a council. Yeah, the yeah. Order of Kalos, isn't it? Yeah, he's an award ceremony. So yeah, yeah that's, but that's, then yeah, an actual yeah, stag do is just a load of torture and stuff. So yeah, whereas yeah, the whole point of that was they didn't. Yeah. In the um, in the order of Kalis uh, initiation ceremony, they get drunk all night, and it's whoever's standing actually passes. I guess their justification is they've already done the battle bit to earn it, so now they're doing the stamina bit. But here, where it's about getting married, you just do the torture bit and don't touch the food or any drink. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, anyway. So um, yeah, then. Dax's party at least looks like a decent party. So Dax is having a proper full-on Hindu, apart from Nog's weird dancing, which I wasn't. I kind of, I always love Nog's dancing. I do because it's doing stuff with his ears and all that. It's definitely Ferengi dancing. He's still. And it was the, the, this whole uh, thing seems very Ferengi somehow. I don't know. So is yeah, that the stuff really with his ears? Is that the equivalent yeah. of Michael Jackson going hee hee and sort of? And they did Because yeah, but if you think of like the first time we saw Ferengi. Back in uh, TNG, um, the outpost, mm -hmm. they did that sort. They did, yeah, they? yeah. So it is. I think if he's been told to dance like a Ferengi, he's done his research on Ferengi moves. Probably, and it's very. It, it works kind of evolutionary because you know yeah. I'm sure you can trace back uh, dancing from different countries and cultures within Earth. Like they trace back. Like there's probably some ancestral things to those dances. Why we dance and why we move in the ways we do. So this seems kind of very fitting. It's very kind of 
guttural yeah, chords. Yeah, and... no, I started a bit silly. Anyway, it's I not... quite liked it. It's the, the not bit the worst worst thing. I, I actually thought it made a lot more sense. Them all dancing in in different ways and very strange ways yeah, no, to look okay. at. Because it's lots of different species, and it's like, yeah, just dance and have fun. And they all do their own interpretation of dancing. And can we also, again, like uh, on the grounds of the, um, well, you've got the guy who's doing the um, Samoan dancing, I want to say. I uh, Probably yeah. I'm really wrong, but somewhere from that region of the world. He's doing like the fire sticks and uh, he's got like um, some sort of grass skirt on. Uh, looks fantastic. Love that. Absolutely great. Perfect for a, for a uh, hen night. But then you've got like the girls all going, oh, Sawoon, especially again, it's another one where they just use Lita to go, oh, look at that fit man. Oh. And <laughs> it, again, it's just a really bad, the, the, the gender stereotypes in this. Episode, yeah, they are. Really quite fucking offensive, given that I think DS9 quite often does that right. And like, you know, the way that uh, they show Quark and the Dabo girls is not complimentary to Quark. It's like they show them being used like that, yeah. but it's always in a way which shows that he's the bad guy for doing that. Yeah, it does. Whereas but then that is like quite in keeping with Quark. Like, I don't well, exactly, think they're I'm doing saying, that to make Quark look like anything else. But... No, no, but my point is it's like in, th in those instances, it's not selling anyone out by gender. It's not saying yeah, the true. women are like only worthy to do that. I'm, I'm saying usually they handle that really well, and it's more about the exploitation than it is about the women being yeah. stupid or anything. Whereas in this episode where you've got Lita just going, ah, swoon, that guy's wearing some shorts. I, my husband's just here, but fuck it. Um, it just, it seems to sell her out a lot. True. They, I mean, Lita's probably the one which they sell out the most, unfortunately, in the episodes. True. Generally. Um, then we're talking about, like, gender stereotypes, but the, then we're just going to storytelling tropes which is oh there's a big misunderstanding the wedding's off oh no it's back on no it's off again no oh. it's back on again and it's just so silly and just going through the motions like dance won't so swallow a pride and then they try and inject a bit of humor with o'brien and bashir going oh we can eat and then cisco no oh, you can't eat and yeah, they, they were basically, they were the um, two comedy reliefs in this. They yeah. just came on, did something goofy and went away again, which like, I kind of enjoyed. I'm not going to lie, I kind of enjoyed their goofy mm, little bit. It's like, I like the, the start of the um, ceremony. You've got like, Warfare will uh, throw a, a river of blood and it's like where they, they cut the hands mm. and all that, cling on where. And Walsh turns around getting his knife ready and he sort of like, Someone stepped forward and all of them stepped backwards and leave Julian stood there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's lucky it wasn't Alexander. He'd have probably cut his arm off or something stupid. Well. <laughs> anyway. That, that was another part where, where they have him pass out because of the heat. Yeah. Like, he's still Klingon. It might be rubbish, but he's still Klingon and army. I, I, I would love the idea that, True. that Alex goes to cut his head. He goes like, sorry, Alex, then he calls a warp core breach. Why were you doing it near the warp core? Well, look, I, the light was good there, so I used that to cut my hand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, it, they wrap it up. It's quite a nice bit where Cisco talks to Dax. Like, I do like the way their friendship is shown, that it's it, Cisco still looks at Dax as an older man and is a, a mentor, but Jadzia also sees Cisco in that role and it, it, 
it just the way the dynamic shifts depending on what the circumstances is but it's all completely convincing it all works and this is a nice little scene their relationship always does and it's very complicated you're totally right yeah, yeah that's very good and yeah. then we finish with the hilarious joke where they're like oh let's get off before we do that though we've got the bit of course you're missing the I've wonderful I'm so char- sorry yeah, well, yeah you missed some wonderful character development so sorry um, Martok's wife comes on and goes uh, oh, yeah everything's cool yeah. now yeah, she why? Why right. is everything cool? Why are you a tall uh, one round? I mean, all you have to have a do ha, have is a scene where Martok goes and goes. I'll oh, stop being a bitch to Like, you know, I, I mean, not yeah. in those terms because I did say about chin and stuff, so I shouldn't do that. But I'm just saying. Maybe Dax um, dug up some right shit on her. Maybe she's like, I found um, some. You know, I've, I've found in your deep dark secret family past you were actually related to one of the Klingons who had the smooth forehead so you know something like that maybe I mean, I mean you could have done it so it's almost like a double buff as well you get Martok going in ready to, to convince her and then she goes what when she told me to fuck off was the moment when I accepted her yeah there you go that would have been oh, really, really nice. yeah, yeah. I just and wanted... it gives her the parent when, situation when she had the well. balls to stand up yeah I just wanted to yeah. see that she would actually be herself and not kowtow to me yeah that would have been perfect well, it wouldn't have been perfect because we had the rest of the episode around it, but it would have been better than <laughs> what we got. It would have been better. Yeah. Been off screen, she's oh, to say sorry, and that's what's Oh, that's, that's how it should have finished. It should have had Worf and Dax, and don't misinterpret this, Worf and Dax lying in bed together, and Worf turns to Dax and he goes, so how did you convince Cyrilla? And she goes, oh, I, I killed Alexander. And Worf sort of looks at her for a second then goes, eh, and that's... Oh, you, you think Wolf would spare a look? Maybe. <laughs> that's out of the year compared to Wolf. And that's, that's, that's the end, yeah. And Dax just sort of winks at the camera like, he's dead. Anyway. Yeah, I didn't I? Yeah. Anyway. Well, it's okay because Alexander and his new new ship that gets uh, blown up the next time they encounter the Dominion. I'm sure that's it will. That's one of the Klingon yeah. ships you see get blown up. There we go, then. We'll, we'll headcanon that Alexander doesn't quick, make it, very quick, Can I just check on one more thing? Uh, when they, the, um, again, I'm probably going to incorrectly say the Samoan gentleman who's doing the fire dancing. Yeah. When they're talking, they mention uh, Captain Shelby. Oh, they do, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. It's a nice yeah. little Easter That was nice. That, that was a fun little bit. <laughs> I mean, we must pick out the two or three fun bits in this yeah. episode. I think we, we did. I think we've done well to yeah, hit Yeah, we almost our, missed that one out of the three. To <laughs> hit our 30-minute quota for that episode. I, I think we deserve a pat on the back for that. Um, well, anyway. Sometimes the crap ones are, are the easiest yeah. to talk about, just because, like, can you believe they did this shit? Slightly better, I would say, the next episode, statistical probabilities, though I do have some issues with this episode. I I, I don't think it all works, um, but I think at the core of it, there's some interesting ideas. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting into this one I'm a little say, bit I, I really, This is one I really enjoy. I think there's some personal yeah, reasons like, to it. Sorry, this is... This is another cheap episode mm-hmm. because it's only set in a couple of sets. So we can tell where the cost saving. We know the cost saving got Yeah. But this one's an example of a well written cheap mm-hmm. episode where the dialogue does drive it there's some Ethically some of it's a bit questionable when you look back at it now, but was it when it was made? And all that, how how they actually people are used, but 
I mean, my, my feeling is that it's like, I mean, I, I really enjoyed this episode. I think there's some personal skin in the game. It feels like even though uh, I like when I, I always sound so name dropping. When I was talking to Alexander Sudig, or Sid as he insisted I called him, uh, he confirmed that they, there was no thought to kind of neurodiversity or anything. That wasn't a term we used, certainly, at the time. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think some of the best Star Trek episodes, the reason why they resonate with people so much, even on su subjects which they weren't even thinking about at the time, is because they're just based in kindness and in kind of caring for people who are a bit different and on the outskirts. So even though they weren't thinking this at the time, it's such natural allegory for autism, for ADHD. Yeah, think, it, uh, definitely. It feels and, hard uh, to. I'm not doubting Sid's word, um, but it, it it does feel hard that no one was considering autism, for example, in like particularly with the portrayal of Jack. I mean, I I, I think it it feels like an exaggerated representation of autism and i think that's why i found it a little uncomfortable i don't know i've met people with autism yeah. who are really autistic who would fall within the boundaries of jack or of um the other guys quiet with the mousy hair mm. the great comedic like patrick, patrick. patrick. See, he is such he a great fine. heartfelt comedic actor that like that, that performance is wonderful but um so i met people who kind of quiet and they are played up a little bit as any character is on a show yeah. like this it wasn't a drama like star trek didn't really do it did do some wonderful drama but it was kind of like it wasn't like harsh reality in these days it was kind of like it was a bit fantastical in its portrayal uh even though deep space nine is probably as far as it went this far but the bits which like yeah which kind of probably chime into what you were saying before jim i do think some of the leaps they make of like stuff they work out is ridiculous which we'll get onto when we get there yeah um, that, it, it is one of my favorite episodes especially now that again i must admit it's, it's got a personal link but I you were saying about like the writers sorry just yeah. I will shut up again. no I, I think maybe the writers at the time even autism wasn't really in the conversation much no. at this time so i think i wonder if maybe they met some people who they so it wasn't maybe conscious to to link it back to those things no maybe but not unaware you know they were doing that i think it's just with some of the things they do with jack in particular like the the verbal tick that he has where he's hmm, 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 hmm. Uh, I can't even do it, the, the hmm thing that he does. <laughs> and and I know that you know, people do have vocal tics, and, but it, to me it, it just feels like it's dialed up to the point that it's meant to irritate the audience, which I, I don't feel that's a nice way of representing something. Do you know do you know what I mean? Like, if, if they were presenting yeah. someone who had a verbal tick and people were irritated by it, fine. But I think starting out with a character and going, okay, we're going to give him this verbal tick that's going to be really irritating, I don't necessarily... I, I feel like there's a... I don't feel like it's it's a good faith way of approaching it. And, it I, may, and I may be wrong, it may have been the actor's choice, it... I don't know, but I do find Jack irritating and I suspect you meant to, which I'm not sure I, I I'm guess, comfortable with. I mean, you you might be right. I guess just because I have met people who've got ticks that severe or more so. Because uh, it used to, like, that sort of thing used to irritate me, but the more I've learned about it, the less I'm irritated. No, that's the, I know it, it is a genuine I think It wouldn't irritate me in real life if someone had a verbal yeah. tick like that. It's the fact that it feels very stagey and very much like they're going we want this character to have an irritating verbal tick 
and that feels in a way disrespectful to me. You know, I it just doesn't quite sit but, right with me. But that well, that's why I said right at the start, isn't it? It's what we're thirty years on now, mm-hmm. nearly from these episodes, from when this was. So there's sort of things how we look at things and how we are with things. We we look at the world differently from how when this show was made. Yeah, so you got to look at it also from when it was made. It was very forward-looking. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you look at other portrayals of the time of autism, and like they, they, I think other portrayals at the time tended to capture one type of autism. Yeah, like whereas yes. autism we now realise is a spectrum, a, as in yeah. a lot of these things, you can have different symptoms and everything else. Whereas this one is the most complicated uh, view of autism and neurodiversity. I think there is kind of some, yeah, some signs of maybe ADHD. If in there you as look well, at TV, TV about when this was made, this is like groundbreaking what it's showing it, mm. it, it's it, it's challenging now to look at it because of how it's showing it but at the time it was made it was very very progressive it was and i i think the conversations that they have around it are really really interesting like something i picked up on right at the beginning is the there's this discussion of basically Bashir having what we would call passing privileges now because it's like, well, you don't have any overt tics and you don't have this and you don't have that and you can present yourself as, uh, in inverted commas, normal person, whereas we can't. So where... And I I think that's a really interesting discussion to be Um, having and and it throws that in really early. Yeah, and they're segregated because of it. Mm. Like, Bashir makes the argument, he goes... This is something their parents did when they were children. They had no say yeah. in it, but they're the ones being punished for it. And the yeah, I... and, and I think... Sorry, go on. Sorry, I, I think the way they've uh, evolved this conversation, even though this is a great conversation about it, now that they're taking they're, um, taking a stab at this, in a way, in um, Strange New Worlds, uh, and in actually in Discovery, they did a bit of it, with kind of uh, people not being able to serve because they're... <coughs> had you know some sort oh, of like genetic yeah. engineering i i think it's really fascinating like um yeah the way they're kind of still spinning this out now and still kind of and covering this the same does that that was what i was going to come on to is like they this presents a quite horrific really view of it that's well we've got these people who are genetically augmented and effectively we're going to lock them up and yeah. the way jack phrases it is well they use the eugenics wars as an excuse to do that. Like, you know, something went wrong once 300 years ago. And as a result of that, a whole subset of people are being punished for it, locked up for it. And, you know, this is something we see over and over again in in politics and without, you know, wishing to open up a, a, a huge discussion. But, like... For example, what we've got going on at the moment with like the trans debate at the minute, the argument they're using is, well, something might happen, so therefore we can't allow a whole group of people to do this. And Yeah, something might the, happen that's never happened. And, it's and, not, and yeah, the, yeah. This is a similar thing that's been presented here. Like, you know, and that is when you take a step back from that, that is ridiculous because these people effectively are, are harmless in the sense that, you know, none of them is going to become the next can. But the Federation like, seemingly is justified in in locking them up, and it's... Like, yeah. like, to be fair, 
Jack probably does need to be locked up because look at how he. Um, which one? Is, what's the name that he, he threatening to kill? Oh, get yeah. His own way. So yeah, Jack. Jack does uh, have uh, violent tendencies. So Jack. Jack has. Jack has violent tendencies, but the others don't. No. Well, also, it's it. It reminds me of when I was working as a care worker. There was a thing where they were trying to do active kind of like get basically put the people with um different um mental i don't want to say disorders but like uh, mental challenges however you like to term it um they were trying to give them more control trying to restrict them less from from things which is great and i was like all in favor of that and sometimes this kind of uh, brought people out in some wonderful ways however there were other people who would just destroy all their things and then they would have to be bought again and it they were in turmoil and i don't think it made them happy or it it, it increased their life basically it didn't give them mm. any more freedom and i don't have an answer for that by the way it's just it was really interesting that that like i don't know what the answer is but this kind of uh, covers this before that was really like we're talking about like uh, 2010s when I was doing that and this is back in the 90s and yeah. they're covering those issues and which is just so clever the fact that they do have like uh, a scene with all the crew debating it you know like and you've got sort of O'Brien and Worf taking the stance well no they shouldn't be allowed the same rights as everyone else because can and it's like that's um, you know that, that's pretty yeah. extreme but and, it's and interesting that they, they let the characters voice that and they, they hash it out and they and it's it's interesting to see because like we always sold this ide- ideal of the federation it's this utopia and all that but they've still got bigotry there's still certain areas mm. that they are bigotry about and the general population is also brought up with this bigotry the the educated in it that mm. ca- because can genetic engineering because can yeah well, and also there was the line which um bashir says which kind of again really it's it was hard for it not to really resonate with me he goes there but for the grace of god go i yeah when i now see people um it's, it's kind of weird to 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 change your idea it's a kind of change to your identity when you find out you've got something like autism or ADHD. Not that it kind of affects who you are at your core, but like those things are uh, considered by legal definition as a disability. I don't see myself as having disability. And, and you said all this stuff kind of comes into your head. And when I get to know people with different, um, uh, uh, different neurodiversity or different kind of uh, uh, mental health challenges, it's. It, I do think sometimes, like some of the stuff they suffer with, which is on a scale to where what I deal with mm-hmm. on a daily basis. I yeah, they're they're. For, but for the grace of God, go I. Like, if if I had had, um, I don't like to again. I try and avoid talking in terms of severity because it's not a scale of severity. Yeah. It's just like you've got these parts of ADHD. You've got these parts of of autism. Um, but yeah, you you can't help but think it's like that could have been me if kind of something else had definitely happened chemically in my brain or yeah, during my childhood or whatever else you kind of put this down to. It's yeah, it's a really good topic to get into, and it, it like you say, it does resonate now in lots of other areas. Like uh, again, there's a bit in this where 
they're talking about things that again we see on the news whether whether it is the the trans debate whether it's lgbt whether it's neurodiversity and they're talking about things like well should they be allowed to be involved in sports what about being in starfleet what does that do to the other people that are involved and these are debates that do come up again and again and again and you know what? It's quite prescient sometimes, this Star Trek. <laughs> is, I know that's a pretty <laughs> blindingly obvious thing to say, but... But you look it's at, like... like uh, it's I like mean, Bashir quite... usually, by and large, doesn't have many Achilles heels to his mm. intellectual superiority. But in here, it kind of does give him something. It gives him a blindness to, yeah. like... Because he's mathematically worked this out. Nothing else matters because the statistics they've come up with show they're definitely going to fail. But he doesn't then, and, and Elliot, you're going to love this one, he doesn't take into account space magic, which, of course, <laughs> like, like if to no one else, space magic is real to them because they've got Cisco there and they know he talks to the prophet. They know that's, that's already won them a huge battle yeah. in the bigger war. Yet that doesn't occur to uh, Bashir because he always only thinks in the numbers. And it's, it's, no, it gets at the end one man really can make a difference. And one man has made a difference because Sloan has already acted. That's true, yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing. They talk about... The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, there is a nice reference later on where they're talking about their projections and they say, well, we've factored in if there's a, an uprising on Cardassia Prime against the Dominion, which, spoilers, that that's going to happen. But, like, Squee made the point there that... Surely they've not factored in, oh, well, what if Gulder Cat goes evil and gets possessed by a power wraith? And, you know, <laughs> yeah. The, the, yeah, there's a lot of weird shit going to go down before we get to the end of this. <laughs> so. And if, if you think about how they've got out of most of their scrapes on Deep Space Nine, I bet you, if you, if you work out, at best it's going to be 50-50 between space magic and science. Yeah. And, and but, but again, it's, it's a wonderful um, way of showing that Sometimes when uh, your neurodiversity locks you into facts and statistics, you miss the emotion and the human side of it, which in this case, sort of the humanity shown through magic because it's like it's that unpredictability. Yeah. And that's ultimately the the message, isn't it, that Cisco's trying to get across, that the, the, there is something about the human spirit that can't be, oh, and I use human broadly there, um, there is something about the the spirit of a living being that can't be quantified in numbers. He used to he used to check out their humanity from Star Trek Six. Uh, yeah, definition that's it. All species, all species, exactly. <laughs> Everyone's human. Yes, yeah. Klingons. <laughs> As Spock says, I find that remark insulting. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, then the, we do get all this great stuff with Damar where the they're looking at him and reading him and it, I get yeah this why, is the bullshit scene yeah I get why I they get did that. this to drive the story forward but they're going oh my god the things that they picked up and it's like it wasn't that hard the, the no 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 in fact I'll, I'll go the I'll, other way I, I, I'm going to side with Squee on this because I think I know what he's up to say go on then <laughs> no I was oh yeah, wait, yeah, no, okay. yeah yeah no what I was going to say is I think there's the first Few, two or three things 
they justify why they pick up on it and there's body language and there's all this and yeah. that's fine and then basically writers go fuck it we're just gonna say they work it all out and not justify why it's like yeah. how do they know about the princess why specifically that like okay yeah. i can see that they could see he hadn't had sleep dark eyes yeah fine mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's fine they could see that he's maybe feeling guilty about something i could even guess they could intuit that he'd killed someone or and, could- and like they they might know about to, they probably know about to cut to put that together how the fuck they get the hell out of that? How the fuck like, they get some of this other like, stuff? They could, you can see he's under duress. He's being made. Yeah, you can see that. Yep. That's yep. no problem with that. Yeah, no you can read his, read his body language. Yet he's drinking a lot. Yet we can see that in his eyes. Yep. Yep. Well, and and he definitely yeah. killed a girl. What? Yeah, what okay, doing? that bit maybe is... At, at, least, at least give us some logical basis. I do feel like they do leap, give you a little bit, because they go... No, they don't. Uh, they do, because they go, oh, he's killed the leader. No, it's not the leader. And so the implication is that they're getting that from him. Like, it's it's not somebody as important as a leader, so it must be somebody... But, but yeah, they... But then there is a degree of, like, confirmation bias coming in from Bashir, because he's going... Oh, yeah, no, yeah, Zial, yeah, 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 yeah. And so he almost does nudge him a little it, it's bit. It's almost like but he's already they almost he's doing dead. that. I'm getting a word. Yeah. I'm getting a word. Yeah. I'm going to say, they say, oh, no, no, it's not the king, it's the prince. <laughs> like they say something along those lines. Then he goes to uh, O'Brien, which, yeah, okay, they've got soup here and fine. They might hear him going, See how, but it's already after they've worked out okay. exactly who she is to the person. Oh, it's, I'll have to watch that, that scene again because it's interesting that it, I bought it and you guys didn't. That That's interesting. Um, I'm yeah, sure you two are right and I'm wrong, but uh, it, it was because I love it's like I love that, Sherlock Holmes, like, and when they've when Sherlock Holmes is written well. He, there's always yeah. a, they always explain how he does the trick. It's very Penn and Teller that way, which I'm going to go and see tomorrow. Yay! Um, but but in this one, it's like it, it, it's like a bad Sherlock Holmes. They justify a couple of bits, then they just throw in that they yeah. that he knows yeah. everything else. They don't tell you why. And the whole yeah, thing with Holmes is telling us how brilliant the writer is. Quite frankly, it's the writer saying how brilliant they are that they thought of this mystery and a way that he'd know all this True. stuff. Like the writers have to be clever because that's what makes us go, "Oh my god, that's really great!" Because they could have picked yeah. it up from that, which none of the rest of us would. But they don't give us that for the second half of that video. So we do get this thing. This is where they're making all these predictions and everything. One thing I did find interesting is that they say, oh, well, um, you know, that we'll be subjugated by the Dominion, but then we'll come back as a stronger federation in the future. And that's kind of what's playing out in Discovery at the moment. Um, So, okay, they got it wrong that it was the Dominion War, but I I do like the idea that there's a little grain of truth there. They got the fall and the rebirth. Yeah, and I, I yeah. just like just, that. They never thought it would just be an angry dude on a planet. No, that's it, exactly, <laughs> and that's it. They didn't take into account the space magic of the Kelpians and space all magic, that stuff. Good. Now, Bashir then. So Bashir gets really into this, and for me, it's a little bit quick because we've talked about the Bashir of the last several episodes, how he's very into his role as part of the war and he's very like come on we need to win this war and all, all this and it i get that he's sort of among his own people for want of a better term and there's something quite 
welcoming and seductive about that. And I even get that it it boosts his ego a bit that, you know, we're doing something that no one else can and we can see something more clearly. And I get all of that, but it still just seems a little bit quick that he goes from where he was to we need to surrender because we've worked it out and that's what you need to do. I, I do believe this, actually. For me, it's sort of like, uh, again, I... Not exactly the same. There was no uh, big space war involved, but like when I, um, it was just someone who kind of basically said to me, "It's like, oh, I've just recently got diagnosed. Like, I think you've got uh, inattentive ADHD." Very specifically, they said, and it, like that's where it all began. And when I started having conversations with people who are neurodiverse, who I knew were neurodiverse, and I was, it was like having a conversation which I never had, like on a level that mm -hmm. I've never had. Like, you know, um, I'm not saying when I'm talking to you guys, I don't talk on a perfectly um, pure level, but I never had a conversation like knowing that my quirkiness matches that person's quirkiness for a very specific reason. And it's like a conversation I never had before. And how seductive that is, I completely get. So when he's surrounded by all these people, he's a super genius and he never gets to talk on a level like that with anyone like he's probably met a handful of people in his life from different species who can match him intellectually and he can actually have that kind of conversation and even then he couldn't because he had to pretend he didn't have this yeah no i get so it I, kinda, I would buy it that he would i get it i get it i, I just i feel like and it, again i think i think there's a bit too much naivety to an extent because it, he must know that the Federation are not going to surrender, even if you can show mathematically why they should. I I can't believe that Bashir would honestly expect them to do it. You know, it's, there's just I little bits of it that don't gel for I me. I can tell you about something you said a few weeks ago, Jim, actually, because you were saying about it, like they've shown how angry he's getting in the war and stuff. So mm. they do lay yeah. down the groundwork, but I think he's just like cracked, to be honest. It's Maybe, a mixture yeah. of cracking and also getting people who talk his language. I think the seductiveness of that at a time when he's already so frustrated with the war and so frustrated he can see things others can't. When everyone else can, mm. maybe that just kind of just sends him over the edge like, fuck it, yeah. we need to surrender. I, like, think, like, the more that, I think like the thing where the proof that they could be valuable and all that when they're listening mm. to stuff. Yeah. And, listen, and they get to listen to the negotiation of peace between um, Cisco and... Demar. Damar and uh, Wayu, mm -hmm. and the, and they point into uh, actual Dominionese, like yeah, is Dominionese a bit like how the Federation has made the rest of the galaxy speak English? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> but it, you're right; it's very clever. That bit is very clever. I love the fact when they and go to original language, yeah, the translation's not quite right. Yeah, yeah the translation's not quite right, and they're not looking at this, this specific uh, sector or star system. Yeah. No, it's Thanks. really good. And it looks like it's pointless, but you can synthesize Ketra Cell White. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, it, all, um... all that stuff's brilliant. And, yeah, the idea of flipping the language, because you do lose nuance um, when you have a, a language translated, you know, like I, I, when I was studying film at university and we'd watch foreign language films and when, when you do some sort of reading into some of them, it's, it's like, okay, this is what the character says, but the fact that they're saying that in French, the meaning 
isn't literally what and you know, stuff like that's fascinating well, i mean it's like if you look at the bible like the uh translated version that we use today when people use that as a like yeah we were talking about lgbtq rights when people use the kind of um sodom gomorrah against uh, gay people when you go back to the original translation actually well, what what we're reading is is night and day to what it actually says anyway well, just to begin that's with that's bad in utah now isn't it Oh god yeah i did hear about this they yeah. their own uh bullshit laws the, the, yeah. Unlo- yeah because like what's annoying what the the right wing in america and our country to be fair in fact all right wings they pull out segments of the bible that they mm-hmm. want to and they'll go right it says this and they'll attack lgbtq because of it and then but well the Paragraph before says that you can't do this. Do you do that? Yeah, but yeah, that that, that bit don't, don't count. Don't, and again, if count, you go back to original uh, translation, like, none of that makes sense. Any like none of it's in there. It's just we yeah. translated it badly and then reprinted it and then rewritten it again. It's just uh, also not uh, not to be too controversial, Jim, but somebody made it up. <laughs> James O'Brien does a of his talks, and he actually has a priest on. That is talking to mm. who's all against who's trying to do all this that you should against LGBTQ and all that. And James O'Brien starts going, What you getting that from Levictus? And he goes, What? He goes, Yeah, you're getting that from so 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 verse, aren't you? He goes, Yes, it does. He goes, Oh well, you'll also follow so 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 from this, won't you? Yeah. Are you wearing a woolen jumper? Have yeah. What have you got a shirt on? Yeah, what's that made of? Well, you should need to be executed. Yeah, you need to be stoned. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's crazy. Um, getting back to the episode, I did want to, before we forget, uh, cover the, I love the scene with O'Brien when he comes yeah. in. And, and first of all, there's the humming thing, which is just great. It's a great metaphor for uh, things which, because, okay, this is a particular sound, but it's like, it's a great metaphor for all the things which annoy the neurodiverse person or some neurodiverse people that no one else can see. And it, I thought that was just a stunning metaphor, probably unintentional, but it's there. Uh, for all these things that bug people, like someone thinks you're being unreasonable because you've got to have set things a certain way. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if they're not that way, that's like someone screaming in my ear. And it's, it's yeah, anyway. Uh, but like when O'Brien comes in and they they, they love him, but like uh, Jack, get, no, not Jack, the, huh? what's the other guy's name? Patrick. 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 And he gets upset and like he puts the party hat on. <laughs> and that guy who's playing Patrick, God, he's a good actor. I enjoy him in this one and the other one they appear in when he's just uh, pretending to be an admiral. Oh, yeah, that's he's great. Very good and so fun. But like, again, I've I've met that shade of autistic person who's just all about love and about people like and get so easily upset. But they're actually really clever if you talk to them. It's just, it's it's such a great portrayal. And just that actor, he's that kind of like actor, which is like very old school, kind of like um, Hollywood kind of character mm. actor. So he reminds me a bit of Jonathan Winters, who played Mork's son in Mork and Mindy. Like right. he was I've, Pat yeah, Minnick, I know mean, yeah. an old man. And he was kind of classic uh, um, American comedian who was also a character actor in a lot of uh, films and TV shows. 
And this guy is of that ilk. Like we just, you don't get actors quite like that anymore. And he's just mm. one, like Jack Black's about as close as we've got now. And he's a different thing again, I feel like genius, but just in a different way. And yeah, um, yeah I just want to spend a minute to say that. And also, yeah, defend, I love that, that O'Brien thinks they don't like him. Actually, they really like you. They find you quite simple. <laughs> yeah, and there is a nice bit where there's a bit of tension. Sorry, go on. I do like, I was about to say, this part with O'Brien, uh, I like as well because like this, the first part is coming and solve and solve the noise and oh it's this and this and he so he thinks it but then he, when he's gone back and all that and he won't put that on the work is going I've got to replace this plasma conduit and they're going there's nothing wrong with the plasma conduit is there you're oh, just yeah. missing your friend you want to play with your friend don't you <laughs> yeah it's nice as well because yeah it's like um, I kind of like the fact as well that usually. O'Brien would get grumpy about that, but I like the fact they play a bit different. He kind of like, he seems in on it. Like he, he's yeah. like, he tries to know it for a second, but once he's called me, he's like, yeah, yeah, I do kind of want to spend some time with my baby. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I like the bit uh, with Bashir and O'Brien where they almost have a little bit of a row, um, you know, because Bashir's getting a little bit Oity to oh, not oity tighty, that's the wrong thing. A bit intellectually superior, and O'Brien sort of does take offence to it because he's like, "Well, hang on. So, are you saying we're not on your level? Like you're you're condescending to us?" And and there is a little part of Bashir, I think, that that does view it that way. I don't think he views it in yeah. a a negative way. Like if you if you go back to the sort of classical definition of conde- condescending it's it's not sorry james explain condescending to us so a bit i more. will explain condescending <laughs> to you but, the, but this is my point is it, you hear the word and you immediately take it as a as a negative and it sounds like a a bad thing to to do to people but if you take sort of the literal definition of it if you are on in some way superior to someone else, you do condescend to speak to them. And it's not a bad thing. It's just, it's a discourse that takes place when somebody's there, somebody's there. And I think there's a bit of Bashir that does think that. And I think he thinks, well, I am superior to you in a lot of ways, but that doesn't mean we're not friends yeah. or whatever. But I think there is... It, it is yeah, in his head that I am condescending to you to have a conversation with you. Yeah, two points on that. Firstly, Elliot, what he's trying to say is condescending means to talk down to people. So anyway, <laughs> as I was saying, no, uh, but no, the, the point which I'd see in this as well is that, uh, again, I feel like this is showing that it's... Um, with any kind of personality types, there's good and bad sides. And this deals with a very immature mm-hmm. way of showing that, like, again, it does give a bit of a drawback to his superior intelligence, the fact that he can't think outside of it sometimes. Yeah. And I think it's really important. I don't think there's many episodes where they do cover that for Bashir. It's, it's seen as a net benefit for most of the time, whereas it's nice to see some struggles which people yeah, go through for their hyper-intelligence <clears throat> that they can be cut off. They can be emotionally unintelligent sometimes. That's really interesting to play without patronizing. Yeah. Um, and, the and, and even when, like... Sorry, yeah. No, I was just going to say, even with O'Brien, again, they don't make him... Like, 
a lot of episodes O'Brien would just get grumpy but here even when like O'Brien does make his point he gets upset with Julian but later on when they're together he goes like um I'm really sorry. I know you really believed in this. Like yeah. he doesn't just dismiss it, and that's such a mature way of doing it. Whoever wrote this, I, I should look, but it's genius writing on this. I, I like, I like the the dark skin sort of sums up between O'Brien and Bashir, and you got Julian and his sub next to him, and he's winning, and then O'Brien realizes, hold on, you've got improved yeah. <laughs> genetics. Get back to your mark. And then he wins one game and Julian thinks he can come down and goes, no, just because I win one doesn't mean that you're back on a level with me. Yeah. And I, I, still think, I still think Julian's throwing it. I still think he's playing like, even then. Yeah. Possibly so, yeah. But again, I mean, I've talked at length before, but I do think that the O'Brien and Bashir relationship is so well written because they do have these little falling outs and these little things. Yeah. But, but they deal with it in an emotionally mature way, way, which you don't often yeah. see on TV, you know. Um, and even like, that given, I think well, this is well, superior been, to how they usually do it. Like, well, I think it it's been even ar- better, and they do it usually very well. I was about to say, it has been argued a lot, and this is a great example of it, this is the best romance ever on TV, these yeah. two. It's the OG romance. Of, of, of a male... Of two blows. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think think using the term bromance sort of underserves it, really. I think think this is a very realistic portrayal of male friendship, which you don't see a lot of on TV, especially at this time. You know, in the 90s, if most shows, if they were portraying two male characters who were very close they would have to put in jokes about them being perceived to be homosexual. You know, like you get that in Friends with Joey and yeah. Chandler, and yeah. you know, who are clearly best friends. There's nothing sexual to it, but it's almost like they have to go, oh, well, well you know, obviously people are going to think that. And it, it's just such an outdated view of the world. But the fact that Star Trek was like, no, we're not going to do that. That's ridiculous. Yeah, Let's just so show these guys are friends. They do the sort of, they achieve the same thing, but in a more grown up way. So they kind of have um, O'Brien, who can be in certain situations. He isn't like someone to talk about his feelings naturally. And they cover that. They have him to begin with, sort of like pushing Julian away. Yeah. And Julian is a bit young and annoying to begin with. So he's got reason to push him away. And as Julian matures, like um, emotionally, you've got O'Brien. That's what O'Brien does, but it's in their own way. So, like, basically, Bashir comes down a little bit, and O'Brien kind of like opens up a little bit, and they meet in the middle. Yeah, that's what a good friendship does as well. Like, exactly, it, and they okay. do have these little tiffs and things, but they're mature enough to go. Well, we're not going to fall out over it. We we disagree yeah. on something, but and this episode is a good example of that. And like you say, when it when it wraps up, you've got. O'Brien going and talking to him and you know commiserating with him that you know it'd have been great if everything had worked out, but it didn't, and you know that, that I get why that yeah. that's gonna hurt you, but and we don't want to miss out the beautiful like I, I don't think it's I, well I've not got too much to say on it, but I just want to pay reference to the wonderful uh, Cisco scene where he gets to lay the smackdown with uh, Bashir. Always fun time to see. Um, yeah, uh, Cisco. it's good when he. Is, yeah, but without without your approval, they'll just dismiss it. I should certainly hope they will dismiss <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Um, it's, it is it is a really good episode. 
Um, certainly better than the wedding one, but um, a lot better than the wedding one. <laughs> yeah. And we will see the so-called Jack Pack again in season seven, though I don't think we'll be covering it for the Dominion War. Oh, we have to cover it for something else. I love that episode. We'll cover it eventually. I'm not being funny. If we fitted the wedding episode in. But the Dominion War. I think we can cover the next time these. Um, the next time they're in, what are they doing again? Sorry, I do love the bucket. Not much. It's a misguided romance one it's between one. Bashir and the, yeah. the quiet lady. And it's like he thinks he's developed something that'll bring her out of herself. And it, yeah, it's, it's a right load of talk. Oh, it's, it's basically a retake of Flowers for Algernon. Basically, yeah. Yeah, um, but, I, I, but without I, I a think... mouse. I think yes. it's only the that the only appearing one more episode. I think it makes sense that we'll actually include it. Well, in this thing. if we included the wedding, yeah, on, the I, flimsy, I, on the flimsy excuse it had Alexander in again, and, and at the beginning of the ne- <laughs> at the beginning of the next episode they're in, you've got Patrick pretending to be an admiral, which you know those admirals would be deep into the war. So I think, uh, I can, oh, yeah. okay then. Well, <laughs> anyway, sure we're, of the war we're not going to need to have that debate for a while because <laughs> next week we've got brand new Star Trek again in the form of Strange New Worlds season two. Uh, which, if you're listening to this live, will be available Friday, unless you somehow have alternative means of obtaining... Yeah, unless you know someone in the Bajoran militia. Yeah, then it will be Friday. Um, as always, we will not post any spoilers anywhere on any of our social medias. No. Uh, the first time we will talk about anything to do with the content of the episode will be on the podcast next week. Uh, However, our little retrack chat we have will be going bing, 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 bing. Yes, we yes, will we will be, be doing that. I, I will say, if anybody does have anything to say that they want to talk about, PM, PM us. Yep. Through the week, yeah, but absolutely. Don't post, but but don't post anything on our Facebook page because, as always, that is a spoiler-free yep. zone until we put out these. Podcasts. Yeah, we we purposefully keep the reason why the it's not coincidence the episodes are either Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. It's personally to give people time to watch There's it. Time. I, 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 <laughs> I suggested before moving it earlier in the week, and you guys correctly said no. We want to give people time to time to watch it. it. Is, like, make it's... sure we can go spoilery as we want because people have had That's it. a week to watch and it. And people yeah, it... people do watch things at different times. Um, so yeah, some people won't watch things till the weekend. They might have Sundays the telly time. Yeah. It might be Monday or Tuesday evening. But if you do want to get so, in touch with us for anything other than spoilers, we're at RetrekPod on Twitter. It's ah, RetrekPod at gmail.com. Um, or you can find us on Facebook, YouTube. Elliot's got Retrek Model Studios going on. I have, and I've not been at my desk at all through... Nearly a fortnight, it's just been too hot over here to That's true. sit down and be doing <coughs> stuff because it's right in my window with sun. Oh, well, I'll use the opportunity to plug my YouTube channel then where I uh, unbox and play with toys. Um, so, Kingy's Toy Box, we've got some DC superheroes uh, figures to have a look at on there. Yeah, you've got uh, two figures and a vehicle. I didn't, I didn't. Oh, well, yes, you said that. <laughs> 
But did, have you found it? No, I not, saw it drop out and shut that box. Not found it yet, mate. We'll we'll see. We'll see. And if you <laughs> want to know what all that's about, check out Kiwi's <laughs> toy box. Uh, Dot Squee, what have we got on the Dot Squee show? Wait one second. Ah, there you go. King's Toy Box on YouTube. Hey, there we go. Hey. <laughs> Hannah's on command. Um, right. <laughs> I'm I'm almost embarrassed to try all this again just because third time lucky. But basically, I've I've been trailing Ian Smith, the comedian who hosts the Northern Notice podcast for three weeks now. One week, uh, yeah, yeah, I might have had a couple of deaths in the family. The next week, he basically kind of forgot which happens. And uh, so we're gonna go for third time lucky. We might. I'm waiting for an you answer. Put, you put people. Willow in bloody prison because of that. You've got to lock Willow up. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah. So seven to eight uh, Tuesday. Sw20radio.co.uk. Doctorsweet.com for all the video versions. And if Ian, we're, we're kind of just working out the times and dates, but hopefully Ian will be live on both. We're going to do a live episode on Tuesday. Excellent. I'm just waiting to confirm because I got offered six. His his agent offered me. 6.30, and I said, well, if you can make it 7 on Tuesday, we can just go live. So hopefully that'll be a thing. Awesome. Nice. And um, thanks for trekking with us this time. We will see you next time on the Retrek. Thank you. Goodbye. LLAP and track off.